Want to do better? Then it's time to change the story. Welcome to our show about new visions currently transforming the world through the confluence of art, tech, and innovation. And now your hosts, Michael Ashley and Neil Sahota. Welcome to another episode of Changing the Story. We've got a, a great guest and maybe one of the humblest, funniest guys I've ever met, Todd Gray. He's a 35-year professional fine artist and entrepreneur. Man, a few words, but amazing art that definitely speaks for itself. Todd, welcome to the show. It's good to be here. Thank you very much. It's really nice to meet you, Neil. Good to have you yeah. today, Todd. As yeah. a visionary, what is the story that you would like to bring to the world? You know, I have to tell you, this is very, very poignant, surprisingly, because uh, just recently, uh, you know, I'm getting into branding my work, and we've been thinking a lot about what my story actually is. And then uh, when I read the email, which was what this question was, it was just uh, perfectly poignant, like it was just uh, given to me by the, uh, by the grace of the universe. So uh, basically, I would say that my story is that, uh, you know, I've been doing what I do right now for 35 years. And uh, to do what I do uh, and enjoy what I do and to be uh, going through life, you know, uh, supported as I am uh, by literally universal benevolence is uh, very much the story that uh, I tell and very much the story that I want to continue to tell. You know, I've, I've been on a magic carpet ride now for 35 years and uh, it's just another example. You say, what's your story? Yesterday, I'm thinking, what is my story? Boom, here we are tell talking about it. It's just, <laughs> it's just insane. <laughs> I like that. Well, well, Todd, I love this notion of universal benevolence. How are you yeah. using your, your art to make that happen? Well, to be able to go through life uh, doing what I do uh, for as long as I've been able to do it is, uh, you know, only by the grace of God, I've gone through life. Uh, when I decided to become an artist back in the early 80s, it was just like the uh, magic carpet uh, came up, said, here I am, get on. And I've never gotten off. And uh, life has just uh, been pretty uh, amazing. I mean that, honestly. And uh, for many, many years, I just had uh, sort of an open-mouthed awe at the, uh, you know, the grace that has always dropped into my life. And uh, as I uh, mature, I'm 57 now, um, and look back on the last three and a half decades, I have more of an understanding of how the... Uh, you know, uh, the benevolence of the universe actually works. And uh, it's not like I can just tap into it at will, but I do, you know, I've been meditating a long time. I meditate twice a day. I have a spiritual practice that has only deepened over time. And uh, uh, that is really something that uh, I'm very, very keenly interested in because it's fascinating. I, I too like that term, universal benevolence. Yeah, and uh, and and I, and I know what you're talking about. There, there are different ways to describe what you're saying: being in the flow, being in the zone. It just feels mm -hmm. like other people say, you know, when you're doing, when you're aligned with your vision, it's, it's as if the universe conspires to make sure it happens. But if we could step back a moment, if you could tell us a story about you, Todd, you know, what is your story? What's your background? And who are you as an artist? Well, I've uh, been, uh, I would say I've been a professional artist for the last 35 years. 
And uh, I've done all different kinds of things. My art has provided me a great deal of freedom to uh, live my life exactly the way I want. I've, uh, over the time, I've uh, developed a very unique and individual uh, visual language that uh, I, uh, you know, I'm really good at what I do at this point. And, and, uh, and also, uh, aside from art, I've started a couple of companies which have been uh, very successful. One of them I sold. Another one I still uh, operate in. I have a, a custom cabinet company in Los Angeles, one of the largest in Southern California. And uh, it's also given me a lot of opportunities to travel. I've lived in Hawaii. I've taught art uh, for many years. And, uh, you know, my art career is actually going really well despite this COVID. I mean, it's just... Uh, it's, I feel like I'm thriving. I just can't even believe it. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I certainly haven't gotten by on my good looks. <laughs> okay. I, uh, you know, I, I can empathize with that, Todd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought I was speaking to George Clooney. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I, I got to ask, like, the entrepreneur, because that's something a lot of people don't think about with artists, but, like, every artist is really an entrepreneur. Yeah. And what's that journey like, you know, when you're, you're talking about, like, being a creative person? Well, I was a, uh, I, I, um, I had a pretty successful art career between the uh, mid 80s to uh, through the 90s. And uh, I developed kind of a, uh, an anxiety disorder, which uh, made it very difficult for me to be alone. And because I was kind of a hippie, you know, I was into the Grateful Dead, and I did a lot of traveling, saw, you know, like 100 shows. My friends tell me that I had a great time at every one. And uh, <laughs> I was able to uh, get away from my art and uh, go into business, which gave me the uh, opportunity to uh, be involved with people on a daily basis, which was the start of being able to alleviate my anxieties. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. I actually started a candy business, became uh, one, of the, one of the larger candy vending companies in the United States. Wow. We were in 26, yeah, we were in 26 states. And um, yeah, I was able to sell that, sell that baby. Haven't missed it for one day, one second of one day, but I uh, had it for about 18 years and um, my cabinet company's still going strong as well. Really uh, pretty amazing and uh, gives me a roof over my head and uh, pays, the, pays the bills. But uh, my art actually is what pays my bills, so. <laughs> By the way, as a fellow fan of the Grateful Dead, I actually saw them, um, their last show in St. Louis before he passed away. I was a kid at the time, but I got to go yeah. with my family. Uh, yeah. I was just curious. So you've been to so many of these shows. How do you think the Jerry Garcia or, or the Grateful Dead in general, how have they influenced your art? Oh, they've influenced my work in, in many regards. You know, uh, the, I think my work has a lot of um, psychedelia in it. Uh, you know, ironically, uh, you know, it's funny when I was a kid, I was asked what my favorite color was and I said psychedelic. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been pretty consistent through life. And uh, the, um, yeah, I was pretty influenced by that, you know, growing up in the 60s, I think. And uh, not only visually, but musically. And um, I think that you can see a lot of uh, kind of like trippiness and 
a lot of colors in my work, which uh, go back right to the beginning. You know, mm -hmm. I can't say that they haven't been a huge ins inspiration to me, as well as music in general, you know. Yeah. Oh, very, very cool. And I've had a yeah. chance to check out some of your work. And it, yeah. it's phenomenal. Thank you very I much. You definitely see the, the uh, parade of colors. Yeah, thank you. But you also use like different mediums. I mean, maybe you could share with our audience more about, you know, how you make these choices or what inspires you to, uh, you know, start a project. Uh, well, you know, I, um, I my work, it, it's, um, I work primarily with hard edge, uh, opaque color, and I work three-dimensionally. And uh, because I work with boxes, uh, I work with uh, three-dimensional structures. I love the composition of boxes. They're very simple. I think that they have a... Uh, we were talking about that recently with some people, how uh, a box is very much like home. You know, we play with boxes as children, whether or not they're Legos or whether or not they're Lincoln Logs. I'm still playing with boxes. And uh, there's also a lot of um, diversity with... Uh, the structure of, of, of boxes. You can turn them into uh, wall sculptures. You can turn them into functional art. You can turn them into uh, coffee tables. You can turn them into just about virtually anything. And uh, I love the diversity of that. And because I own a cabinet company, it, it provides me these uh, amazing wood boxes that uh, I would not be able to, uh, to be able to do what I'm doing if I didn't have that. You, you mentioned also, by the way, to go back to what you said earlier, you said that you developed this disorder um, mm -hmm. where uh, you, you said you, you couldn't be alone. If you could, I haven't heard something like that before. If you could talk to us a little bit about what that was like, what, what happened? Well, that was really uh, challenging for me because uh, as an artist and as a hippie on a yuppie income, I guess you could say, I uh, didn't really have the skills necessary to uh, delegate responsibility. And because I didn't have those skills, which is really important as, uh, you know, to be able to uh, kind of like delegate um, work to other people, I was alone in my studio a lot. And because I was alone in my studio a lot, it got a little, uh, I just was, I found myself kind of um, uh, inundated with uh, anxiety a lot. And uh, what I didn't have the skills at the time to be able to kind of like shake myself out of it kind of like to let it go and it was just overwhelming and it became really debilitating for me. And, uh, I was, uh, able to, uh, you know, go into business, which, uh, was really the start of being able to, and I put away my, my art for about 10 years, which wow. I didn't want to do because I loved it. Well, I have to say that I put it away as a means of making a living. I continued to always make art. I just didn't uh, show it. And, um, yeah, but now I'm uh, pretty much better. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, uh, thank you. I mean, that's also going to be tough that, you know, you're so, I know you're so passionate about your craft. Yeah. That to even not be able to share it for 10 years, I mean, yeah. that also must have been agonizing. It, you know, it really wasn't. I, I you know, I, uh, I kind of, I, I liken it to being a, uh, a musician who decides to take a little bit of time off, but always has, always takes their guitar wherever they go. I was cool. <laughs> In fact, I just, uh, it was fine. It was great. I enjoyed being a business and uh, I enjoyed the camaraderie of having, a, you know, a business partner as well as employees. It was 
very interesting. I was able to travel all the time and I always uh, continued to make art. It was great. And then when I sold the uh, candy business, I went, you know, just don't jump back into my art career. And uh, so I've been able to do it twice. It's kind of amazing because you're not even supposed to be able to do it once. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. That's great. And so with the art, going, going back to art for a moment here, what, what is it that you want to evoke in people when they see your art, when they experience it? What is it that you're trying to convey? What I'm typically trying to convey is uh, I have um, a very basic uh, premise for my work. Uh, and I use a musical metaphor, I guess you could say, which is uh, I think of art as needing to be pretty. Not a lot of, you know, not everybody has the same definition, but these are my definitions. So I feel like I think I want my work to be balanced and beautiful. Uh, a musical metaphor would be, um, I think music and a song needs to have a melody. So uh, that would be my first one. My second one would be, I think it's important to uh, say something with my work. And if you can do it, if you can say something, just like having a meaningful lyric, and say something in a beautiful manner, I think you can have a beautiful song. Uh, but if you want to say something profound, like maybe like Bob Marley's Redemption song, or maybe like John Lennon, you know, Imagine, et cetera, et cetera, then uh, if you can sit, do something beautiful and also say something profound, that would be where I would like to, uh, I think that would be a very much a place that I would like to go as often as possible, but I'm always happy just to make something pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and balanced. <laughs> uh, you, you, you're talking to a guy that can barely handwrite uh, or draw or sketch or do some of these things. I mean, to, to me, it's, you, it's like you've got a magic power to do this. And the fact that you can draw out, you know, really strong emotions, messages and people, I think is is wonderful. Um, and I wish I something I could do, you know, like just being able to maybe draw or sketch something. But I mean, how how do you how do you do? I mean, like, what what inspires you? I mean, what like, triggers this idea for your next project? Well, you know, I, I I have so many ideas that I don't even know where to begin. Uh, but uh, I would say that you know, where where does inspiration come from? Inspiration comes from life. It comes from nature. It comes from music, it comes from laughter, it comes from God, it comes from your spiritual practice, it comes from your family, it comes from looking at other artists, it comes from being out on a beautiful day, it comes from rollerblading, it can come from kayaking, it can come from anywhere. We get inspiration from everywhere, you know, so uh, I get my inspiration from hanging out with my friends and having a beer. Sometimes you get the best ideas imaginable. <laughs> I've heard the best ideas always start at a bar. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's right. A man after my own heart. <laughs> Todd, you mentioned, you mentioned meditation. You do that twice a day. You mentioned the spiritual practice. I think that's yes. really interesting. Would you uh, enlighten our, our, our listeners? Tell us a little bit about what that means to you. Well, it means a whole hell of a lot. Uh, and it, I, I meditate in the morning and I meditate at night. Um, and uh, I do a lot of reading. You know, I follow uh, the, the, uh, the works of Paramahansa Yogananda. He's very important to me and has been for, for you know, the better part of, 
probably 20 something years. Uh, what do I, I, if I was to grade myself on my meditation, I would say that it's probably best not to grade ourselves because <laughs> I've been meditating a long time and I still have the, you know, like a monkey mind, right? Yeah. But uh, what meditation does is it's like a magical kind of, uh, I think it just makes space in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when it makes space, it allows more of the universe to come into us. So I would say that I'm a very open person. I like to stay as open as possible. So my metaphor for that would be something like, I'm a spider and I cast as large a web as possible. Mm -hmm. And so if you are open uh, and ideas might be coming at us at every moment of the day and maybe something will tickle you way up there at the end of your spider web and you're like, oh man, that's great, I'm gonna eat tonight. But if we go through life kind of constricted and uh, myopic, uh, we're not going to be receptive and open, and we're not going to, you know, the, I think that the more receptive and grateful we are, the more that the universe, you, we're in a place of, I like to be in a place of receptivity mm -hmm. and openness. And I think that that's why I have, um, it really works for me. I, I try to let go as often as possible. Let go, let go, let go, let go. Go. And I try to surrender to, um, you know, the, uh, the grace of the universe. So, for example, if we have the, if, if uh, say, for example, God or the universe, whatever you want to call it, has the intelligence to be able to take uh, like a, a tiny atom and turn it into a human being. I mean, it's a heck of a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> so I just give myself up to the, to the intelligence of the universe. It seems to be working out. Yeah. I love that. And, and I'm yeah, a, I'm a, I, I practice meditation twice a day. I think I have the same problem that you do. Yeah. Uh, there have been times where I have gone deep, uh, but generally, uh, you know, it's hard to get there. But, it, but I think what the importance of, of it is just it, the fact it's a practice. Yes. Get into that place. I did it this morning. I can't say that it was perfect by any means. <laughs> but, but I agree with what you're saying about uh, it gets you a away from that place of being in reactive mode, it puts you in a place where you're open. And in fact, I was on a podcast uh, yesterday and talking about that. That's my I guess you, if, I, if I had a superpower or secret weapon, it would be that med meditation because of what you mentioned before, because it feels as if you put life on pause and then you get into this other frame of mind and, and more things seem to come, more, more opportunities seem to come your way. And that seems to speak to that, that benevolence from the universe you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, how do you describe what meditation does for you? It is a practice. The more you practice, you know, it's a practice, right? You know, the most important thing is to continue to practice it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can always say that, um, you know, the proof is in the, the pudding, you know, I, it, which is a, you know, uh, life is good. I can't say that uh, meditation hasn't had a huge uh, part in that in that play. I mean, it just has. Mm -hmm. I don't even. Yeah, it's 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 a very subtle art. Yes. Yes. Todd, Todd I think yes. you're living proof that I would say life is about your mindset, your attitude, and I think you've you've transcended what a lot of people suffer from is they have a challenge 
like I can only control or influence so much and it drives them batty sometimes if there are things beyond beyond that sphere of influence. I mean, have you always been like this, like a child? Or was there like a trigger point in your life where you kind of realized this? I mean, how, how did you evolve this way? Well, you know, it's a funny thing. The, um, for, uh, first of all, I've been writing. For, uh, I, I've been writing for the better part of 45 years, I guess you could say, consistently. Uh, but what did, I think it was Picasso or some, some great artist said, you know, we spend, we spend our lives becoming adults only to try to get back to being children or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think that there's, uh, I don't know how I, how this has all happened. I'm still constantly amazed on a daily basis at the, the, uh, the beauty and, uh, uh, magic of uh, of life, and um, you know, I I genuinely feel like gratitude and appreciation are a muscle. That the more you uh, try to stay in a place of gratitude and appreciation, the better you get at it. To the point where everything you see, I'm so grateful to be on this podcast, for example, and to meet the both of you. I really am. I mean, this is fabulous. And um, when you're in that place, I think you really are in a state of receptivity. Receptivity. Say that three times fast. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> I did, and I completely screwed it up. <laughs> the uh, yeah. So. I really do believe in, in, you know, the great, great masters of all time have all said, you know, gratitude and appreciation are, you know, st practically step one and two. And, uh, you know, it's like a muscle. You get better at it the more you, uh, and you know, hopefully we get to a point where it's just automatic. Yeah. I, I was in a, I was at the park yesterday with my wife and we had our, our two kids and we were talking to a mom and she had a, a daughter that was not there, and she she's 13. And the mom was saying that the, the girl is really sad and depressed right now, and she can't figure out what to do with her. Because of COVID, she can't really go see her friends. She's not interested in going to the beach with her family. Um, she just kind of sits in her room all day, and it's really weighing heavily on that mom. And I wonder, you know, with your background, uh, especially we're talking about gratitude and being an artist, what would you tell, let's say, there's an aspiring young person that wants to be, wants to do what you do. But at this point in time, they're having trouble feeling grateful. They're having trouble feeling open to the universe. What would you tell them to help them get out of that place, that dark place? I would say to uh, start doing something creative and to, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, a lot of times people, I've talked to people about this kind of thing many times in my life where, you know, people will come to my studio and they'll say, and they'll see what I do, which is kind of inspiring. And um, they'll say, uh, I don't know what I love to do. Well, what do you like to do? If you can figure out what you like to do, you, you know, love is like one of these words that's chock full of, uh, you know, power but you might not be able to figure that out. So let's just move in a place into a thing that we like. Mm -hmm. And that's a good step in the right direction. And uh, so if I would say, what do you like to do? What are things that you like? And let's figure out a way to uh, start being creative. 
Mm-hmm. Because uh, creativity, if you give people the opportunity, whether or not it's, uh, if you give people, uh, you give people three choices, what do you want? Do you want more recognition at work? Do you want a better title? Or would you like more creativity? Many people will say creativity yeah. and to be recognized for it. So uh, you, creativity puts us in a state of timelessness. Mm-hmm. And if we can get ourselves into a state of timelessness, we can sort of forget about our sadness mm-hmm. and uh, that's a good direction to move in. Yeah. I think, I, I yeah. think that's a really powerful advice, but I'm going to challenge it a bit because there's actually an entrepreneurial coach that says, don't do what you love, right? You right. may not actually be good at what you love. You should do what you're good at. That's what you should pursue as your, your passion in life. Right. And if you really get something, you'll wind up eventually loving it if you don't want it right away. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like you're saying that, you know, just to get up down the start of this, see what you what you like, what you can do, experiment, right? Experiment, experiment exactly. Again. Yeah, you know, it's uh there's also people who will say things like, uh, never do what you love for a living because if you wind up uh because you can wind up not liking it, which can be heartbreaking. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I think as a, just a start, uh, instead of trying to figure out what you love, which is very, very difficult. Yeah, just figure out what you like and just move in that direction. And uh, just try to be creative. You know, I, was, I had a mental block. When I moved to Hawaii, I had a creative block, the first one I ever had. And uh, a good friend of mine that, that was living there with me, he said, I, I couldn't get myself out of it. It was so weird and so, uh, it was unprecedented. He, t- he said, grab that hammer, grab those nails, get that piece of linoleum, take that rock, grab that dirt. You know, and he was just like, I was just being bombarded with all this stuff. And then, God, it worked. (laughs) It was so weird. But it actually shook me out of whatever the hell I was in. But, uh, yeah. I got to ask, Todd, with all those uh, items there, what did you actually make? (laughs) Oh, oh my God, that is really funny. I I make nothing. (laughs) What what I I did was I created without judgment. Mm -hmm. And so very often when I'm making art, I want to make something nice, and I'm sort of making sure that it turns out good. In that case... I just tried to, he was suspending my judgment on what I was making, you know? And I think that self-judgment is a very much uh, an obstacle to a lot of people creating. Yeah. Because they don't think they're good at it. And I think even going back to that 13-year-old girl, uh, obviously I'm, I'm not a girl, uh, and I'm not de- dealing with it, uh, dealing with teenage problems, but I think that at that age, I remember how I felt at 12 and 13 years old, there's a lot of self-judgment. And I think- yeah. Also, the culture that we live in on social media, where we're we're almost required to be out in front in the public eye, that promotes more criticism. So I think what you're suggesting is really valid because you can just get out of your own way. Just just throw your in, throw yourself into something. That's correct. Yes, we need to somehow get out of our own way and. Uh, Whatever that takes, you know, one of the reasons I decided to become an artist, I had this uh, certain wisdom that, uh, you know, uh, well, I don't know where it came from, but it was just an understanding that when I was a kid, 
whenever I spent time making art, uh, the whole day would disappear. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I guess I was in this state of timelessness. That was what I, that was sort of the way I looked at it. And uh, then when I decided to be an artist, my first thoughts, literally, I mean, be an artist and devote myself to it. My first thoughts were, uh, one, I'd rather uh, struggle doing what I love than, than making money doing something I didn't. Mm -hmm. But my other thought was, I don't know what this state of timelessness means, but I know that it's good. And um, when I talk about timelessness, what I'm really saying is uh, I'm just not aware of anything other than what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what meditation should hopefully, that would be a, I, I very, very, very rarely get there in meditation. <laughs> but we can all aspire. <laughs> Well, it's, it sounds like you found your zone, your passion, Todd, which is awesome. It, it, you know, if people want to learn more about you, see some of your work, see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Um, uh, my uh, website would be uh, toddgray.com, T-O-D-D. Uh, the first D is silent. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> and... Uh, or on my Instagram, which is Todd Gray underscore studios. And, uh, and uh, let's see what else. I don't know. You can call me at 818 <laughs> <laughs> Todd, it's a joy to have you on today. Uh, your breath of fresh air. We really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, thank oh, you for coming on, sharing your story, Todd. It's been awesome. You guys, I love you both. Thank you so much. This is really nice of you. It's very, uh, I had a good time too. And I'd really like to meet you in real life. So uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you. Hey, if you like today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment. If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you.